Open your Bible to uh, Revelation 7. We'll pick up where we left off two weeks ago. Revelation chapter 7. And Lord, we just ask, uh, teach us, help us to grow, change us today. In Jesus' name, everyone said, Amen. We're talking about the great multitude. And uh, we have a wonderful ministry called Grace Marriage. It's marriage coaching. We do it four times a year. It's for people that have been married 40 years or people that have been married four months. There's about 30 couples involved. And we would love to have you. You can just come. And it's very, very rewarding and helpful. Now let's, let's read this passage. Chapter 7, starting at verse number 9. John writes, And after these things, I looked, and behold, a great multitude, which no one could count from every nation, all tribes and people and tongues, standing before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed in white robes. What color? And palm branches were their hands, and they cried out with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. And they fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God saying, Amen. Everyone say Amen. Blessing and glory, wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. Amen. And one of the elders answered, saying to him, These are clothed in white robes. Who are they? Where do they come from? And John said, My Lord, you, you know. And he said to me, These are the ones who come out of the great tribulation. They've washed their robes and made themselves white in the blood of the Lamb. Now starting at verse 15, the passage changes. Well, how do you know the passage changes? Because it starts out with these words, for this reason. So everything above highlights what's below. For this reason, they are before the throne of God. They serve him day and night in the temple. He who sits on the throne will spread his tabernacle over them. They will hunger no more, nor thirst any more, nor will the sun beat down on them, nor any heat. For the Lamb is the center of the throne. He will be their shepherd. He will guide them to springs of water of life. And I love that last phrase. If you don't have it marked, mark it in your Bible. For he will wipe away every single tear from their eyes. Now, as we've been going through the book of Revelation, you can't hardly read it without thinking bigger and broader. Because this is talking about global things. And as a pastor and as a Bible teacher, I'm not going to attempt to explain everything. There's no person alive that can explain everything. You have to wrestle with the scripture yourself. What we will do is look at what the scripture says. And we can learn and grow from it. And we are sowing into this. Our prayer movement is sowing into this future. 
evangelism, missions, everything we do is sowing into the future because what we're reading will take place. And John said, after these things, and the question is, what things? Well, the things he's talking about is what we read two weeks ago. Verse 4, 5, 6, 7, and 8. And we will all see this. Either you will be in heaven and watch this on the big screen, or some will get the chance to see it up close and personal. So what John is talking about is a revival among the Jewish people. There will be a group of evangelists that will come out during this time. They will awaken. They will realize that Jesus is the Messiah. And they will serve him passionately during the last three and a half years of the tribulation. This is a guy named Zola Levitt. Anybody ever remember him? He's with the Lord now. He's a brand new Christian. I used to watch him and listen to him. He found Christ. He was Jewish. He was a professional musician, became a great apologist for the gospel. But he said, my people, the Jews, are unlike anybody else. They are obstinate. They are hard-headed. They will argue with anybody. But also, they are the best lawyers, the best bankers, the best doctors, and the best scientists on earth. They win more prizes than any other ethnic group. And Zola Levitt said, with this verse, they will be the best evangelists the world has ever seen. Can you imagine not one Billy Graham, but 144,000 Jewish Billy Grahams unleashed upon every part of the earth during this time. And this great end gathering that we just read about is, will happen during the most difficult part of earth's history, what the scripture calls the great tribulation. We just read that. Now, here's a Bible verse I want you to read with me out loud. And missions, folks in missions have emphasized this. This verse is true. And whether this happens before this happens or this happens after these Jewish evangelists are released, say it. And the gospel of the, read it, the gospel of the kingdom will be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all the nations. Then the end will come. So verses Four, five, six, seven, and eight produce what we just read. Are you with me? Now, what John saw was a great multitude. This is very important. Say great multitude. A great multitude no one could count. No one in heaven could count these numbers. Now, the Father could, but nobody else could count the number of people. And I think the scripture always understates stuff. So what are we talking about? I would say a conservative number is a billion new converts in three and a half years. Now, it's just conjecture. I don't know. It's not happened yet. But if the Bible says this crowd is so big, nobody could count it, I go, this is absolutely phenomenal. And I want, I want to also mention this is very, very dear to the Heavenly Father. This pleases Him. How do you know that? Because Jesus said, when one sinner comes home and repents, heaven throws a party. Can you imagine the joy when a billion people come to know Jesus? 
Whoso far outside. These people weren't raised in church. Now, to give you an example of what this would look like, 1997, uh, there was a call for Christian men to come to Washington, D.C. to pray and repent. That is the mall there. I went for about 15 years to Promise Keepers. I took groups of men because I knew it would change your life. One year I took three different groups to three different locations. I took the men and my own family. It was called Stand in the Gap from the passage Ezekiel. He says, I'm looking for a man that will stand in the gap and build up a hedge so I will not bring destruction, but I couldn't find one. And when I got off the subway in D.C., I came out the door. I'd never seen so many men pushing and packed shoulder to shoulder, just trying to find the mall so we could find a place. It looked like this. Our group from Church of the Savior was about 20 of us. I think we lost half of them, and we still can't find them. (laughs) They're probably in the halls of Congress today. And uh, we were like a mile or two miles from the stage. Our little group was behind the Washington Monument. We were there for about three, at least two days. And it was amazing. The most amazing thing is when they ask all of us to get on our faces in humility before the Lord and ask his forgiveness. So a million men got out of their lawn chairs or got up off their blankets and they put their noses in the dirt and we prayed and confessed our national sins and asked for the Lord to spare us. I remember Bill Clinton's helicopter flying over the top looking at it. I wished he would have joined us. And I believe our nation turned on that day, because he honors his word. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked way, I will hear their prayers and I will bring healing to our land. So John was told to write down four categories of people in this group. They were from every nation, say every nation. They were from every tribe. Every nation means every people group. There's about 7,000 different distinct people groups. And about 3,500 of them still have not heard the gospel. Every tribe is subsets within that group. And all peoples, all languages, John said they were all there. They're around the throne. They were worshiping. This means there are people from every distinct people group, every language, no matter how big, no matter how small, no matter how remote. They were all there because they all got a chance. Everyone deserves a chance to go to heaven, don't you think? I'm sorry, don't you think? I believe they do. And the fact that John wrote down how diverse the group was 
And how beautiful the group was means that Jesus died, gave his life willingly to give the opportunity for everyone to be saved. Many will choose not to be, but many will choose to be saved. Everyone, everywhere. Saved means you got rescued. This unbelievable mass of people in heaven stood before the throne and before Jesus, the Lamb of God, and they were clothed in white robes. What color? White robes. And they were waving palm branches like on Palm Sunday or like when a Roman general would defeat an enemy and he would come back to his capital city the people would wave palm branches as a sign of victory, complete victory. And it tells me because Jesus won through his death, his resurrection and ascension, because he won, we win. So don't be down for more than about a half a day. He clinched the victory. Let's claim the victory. Walk in the victory. And we just read verse 10 The focus, there was one focus in the worship service. Not two, not three. One focus of what they were grateful for. Was it their jobs they had on earth? Is that what they were focusing? Was it their family? They loved their family and they were thanking the Lord for them. Was it their beautiful house that they were so grateful for? Was it the gifts the Lord had given them? Notice the one focus of this, of this particular worship service. They were thankful for their salvation. If you've been rescued, you will never forget that. One of my favorite things to do is to lead wicked, gnarly, selfish, proud, arrogant men to Christ right before they die. I prefer to lead into Christ a long time before, but often these wicked, gnarly, sinful, alcoholic, violent, brawling, abusive men are open to the gospel because they realize they're about to face their creator. And I have a passion for them because I could have been one of them. And all those I've led to Christ over all these years I've never had one of them. The scripture says, whoever will call on the name of the Lord will be saved. And this verse says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord will not be disappointed. Everyone say disappointed. I've never had one of them in all these years say, boy, I'm so angry that I received Jesus. I'm upset that my sins are forgiven. I'm horrified that I'm going to heaven. You know what they always say? I've never had one. They always say, Steve, I'm so grateful that you came to see me. Why didn't I do it? They always say this. Why didn't I do it? What? Sooner. That's what they all say. And so all the angelic leaders of heaven And the 24 elders we've already talked about, these are the greatest servants of the Lord in the history of the body of Christ. And the four greatest created beings, the super 
angels called seraphim, all of them in one motion fall before the throne and worship God. It tells me this moment, Revelation 7, is the finest moment in church history. Well, where do you get that? Look at the response of heaven. Look at the celebration of heaven. And so they give what I call the sevenfold blessing. We read it, maybe you read it quickly, and they do it in agreement, and they do it in unison. How do we know they do it in agreement? Because they say the word amen. Say it with me, please. One more time. A little louder, please. How about still louder? That means I agree. I'm in. I believe. And all of heaven simultaneously said, amen. Then they said these seven things. And as I put them up on the screen, I want you to repeat them out loud. Blessing said. Next, glory. Glory. Next, wisdom. wisdom. Next, thanksgiving. Next, honor, next power, and might. Lord, every blessing comes from you. You deserve all glory. Any wisdom I have came from you, and I will spend my life giving thanks for the rest of my life. Lord, may all honor come to you. You have all power over everything, and you're the one that gives me the strength to do what I should do. And this massive wave of worship concludes saying this, say it with me, please to our God forever and ever. Amen. What a wonderful verse to memorize and quote in the mornings. And then an odd thing happened. One of the saints from church history approaches this old man, John, that's been transported to see this. This man, tougher, that nobody could kill on earth, that was close to Jesus, that was the mighty apostle that helped the church grow for 40 years. This old man, the elder came up to him and said, hey, uh, are you paying attention? All these clothes and white robes. Notice the two questions. Who are they? And where have they come from? Has the Lord ever asked you questions? I get a lot of questions from him. And he doesn't ask me questions because he doesn't know something. Oh, Steve, I didn't know that was going on. Thank you for telling me. He asked me questions to make sure I'm aware. And he asked John two questions to make sure you will be aware. Who are they? Where did they come from? And I want to say, I want to help you. Some of us are wrapped so tight. Some of, us, some of us have to have answers to everything. There's a lot of things you'll never get answers to on this side of heaven. So just stop sweating. Just chill. Go to sleep and rest. You don't know why your daughter did that dumb thing. 
You don't know why your neighbor's mad. You don't know why this is happening in government. You can't fix it. You don't know this. You don't know that. Hey, trust him. Pray about it. And chill. The secret things belong to him. But the things revealed belong to you and your children. So when he, he'll reveal it when he wants to reveal it. So stop sweating it. So the same elder gave John the answer. To the question he posed. He said, these are the ones, say it with me please, these are the, these are the ones, because there's no doubt. Now don't bit, don't get weird and funky when the scripture, especially Revelation, asks a question and gives you the answer. That's the answer. That's the answer. Because he just told you the answer. These are the ones who come out of the great tribulation. That is the answer. Now, in language, this come out is what is called a present participle. Well, what, what's that have to do with anything? It means a continuous action. It didn't happen one time and stopped. It's a repeated action. So my guess during the tribulation, this billion people are coming to heaven on a consistent basis, not all at one time. My guess is they're being martyred and they die and they, they show up and their robe is given and their palm branch is given. I want to ask you, are you willing to be faithful to the end? Are you willing? And they've washed their robes. I'm just telling you what the scripture said. They washed your robes. Their robes are white. That means something I want you to understand. It's called imputed. Say the word imputed. Imputed righteousness. It's a biblical term. Well, what do you mean imputed? It means you had very little to do with it. You didn't earn it. You didn't deserve it. It was a gift. Salvation is a gift. Righteousness is a gift. Because you have the gift, you want to live cleaner. Than you did before. It means you've been cleansed. It means you've been forgiven. If anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. All things start dropping off and new good things start coming. And those stains that have been in your life are now gone. What can take away our sins? The verse says the blood of the lamb. It's his death that brought your forgiveness. Now this is very important. You cannot remove the guilt in your life by trying harder. You cannot remove the guilt by good deeds. And there's people that do good a lot, but they do it because they feel guilty, not because they want to honor the Lord. They're trying to make up for their past. You cannot remove your guilt by blaming other people. Well, it was my dad or my coach or my church that did this to me. And you can't remove the guilt by just acting like that bad thing never happened. Yes, it did happen. Burying it doesn't help. But there's one thing that will wash it away and give it new meaning. And that is the blood. The blood of the lamb. Is this working for you guys? Are you, are you still with me? 
Now, John continued this, watch for the gear shift. Watch. So John continued to write because Jesus told him to write this down. For this reason, everybody say, say it please, for this reason, which means for this purpose. So the last couple of verses of the chapter for this purpose, look at what these people get. And it's beautiful. It is touching. It is amazing as you think about it this week. All these billion people are before the throne. They are worshiping and in his presence. Do you enjoy the presence of the Lord? Something really weird happened to me Friday morning. I got up pretty early. I'm pretty tired. I have a lot to do. I'm thinking about how in the world can I get all this done? And I'm at my sink. I'm washing my little beautiful face and my face beautiful. An unusual thing happens. The presence of the Lord shows up there in my bathroom. And it's like he put his arm around me. I didn't see it coming. I wasn't spiritual. I had been in prayer. But I noticed his presence. And my heart got so tender. I said, Lord, I hunger for your presence. Lord, I commit one more time. I want to serve you as best I can for the rest of my life. I want to bring you honor and glory only. By the way, you can make any place a temple. Did you know that? And then B, they serve him day and night. Are you committed to a life of service? Do you try to help somebody every single day? Can you show kindness? Can you use what you've been given? Jesus said, I didn't come to be served, but to serve and give my life a ransom. And why do you do it? Is it because someone's forcing you to do it? Are you doing it out of duty? Are you doing it out of gratitude? Lord, I want to be good to people because you've been good to me. And others have been good to me. And I want to pass it on. Now, there's some folk, I hope there's nobody in this room that fits this bill. Most of people in this world serve themselves. They think life is about themselves. They think their marriage is about themselves. They think their parenting is about themselves. They think their work is about themselves, their career. It's not about you. Never has been. Never will be. And then they're in his temple. Everyone say his temple. They love what he loves. Now, in, in, the, in heaven, there will be no temple. But after Jesus comes back, we will be on this earth for a thousand years. And it's clear there is a temple here. And they love what he loves. And he loves a lot of things. But two of his favorite things are his house. Everyone say his house. And they love his people. David was the same way. He said, I, you know, if I had a choice, I'd rather be a doorkeeper holding the door for people to come in because I'm not even worthy much to be there than to live, to dwell in luxurious tents of the wicked. Now, here's a point. When I found Christ and my heart was changed, a lot of stuff start, started changing. Some stuff took time. But the two most dramatic changes were, I love God's house. 
I used to hate it. And I love God's people. And the Holy Spirit asked me a question one day within months of my conversion. He said, Steve, just because stuff didn't happen for you and you've been bitter, what are you going to do? Will you light a candle or will you curse the darkness? Without thinking, I'm 18 years of age. I hold my hand up and say, Lord, I will spend my life lighting candles for your people. Jesus said this. He said, my house, say it with me, please. My house shall be called a house of prayer. This is his house. It's not my house. And this body is his house. My house shall be called a house of prayer. And then D, he said, he will spread his tabernacle over them. This is so wonderful. A tabernacle is a tent. And he's saying this. The one on the throne saying, I love you so much. I want to spread my tent over you. I want to include you. You've not been included by hardly anybody in life, but I include you because I want you, because you belong to me. I'm hanging out the welcome home sign in my front yard. Can't you read it? I want you to be a part of my family. I love this story from the book of Ruth, a woman who had no thing going for her, and she'd lost her husband. And her mother-in-law, when they came back to Judah, said, there is a rich man, an older guy named Boaz. He's never married. And I feel God's up to something. When the Harley, the, the barley harvest is over, not the Harley. When the barley harvest is over and he's asleep and he's had a good meal, slip into his tent, uncover his toes. <laughs> That's sneaky, isn't it? Uncover his toes. And when he wakes up and he, oh, Boaz did. And he woke up and went, ah, there's a woman at my feet. And he said, who, who are you, girl? It's dark. And she said, I'm Ruth, your servant. Spread your garment, part of it over me. It was a marriage proposal. For you are my kinsman, redeemer. And the Lord says, you belong. You are my child. That's who you are. You belong to me. And these people that have come out of the tribulation... They've had a hard life, and there's people all around the world that have had a hard life, and maybe you've had a hard life, and this is what he says to them. You're going to hunger no more. Worship team, would you guys come on out? You're going to hunger no more. There's a lot of people hungry today. And he said, come inside my tent. I'm going to satisfy you, because all this other stuff in the world is not going to satisfy you. Come in my tent. You'll find satisfaction. There's a lot of people thirsty. A lot of people dying because there's no clean water all over the world. And I, he said, I'm going to quench your thirst. Then he said, you've, you've been exposed to the heat, the cold, to danger, to bandits, to marauders. And he said, you come inside my tent, you're going to be safe. That's, these are pretty good deals, don't you think? Come, I want you. Come inside. 
Don't linger outside. Come on in. And he said, because the lamb is the center of the throne. This is one of my favorite paintings. The lamb is the center of the throne. And he says, I'm going to be your shepherd. Now, this, this is oddly beautiful. Why is it oddly beautiful? That the lamb becomes a shepherd. That's beautiful, but it's weird. The lamb becomes a shepherd. In other words, he's one of us. He's one of us. And maybe you feel uncared for. He'll care for you. You have him. You're good. And then he says, he will guide you to the springs of water, life. He will give you living water that you will never be thirsty again. And maybe you're dry today. You're just dry. You're bone dry. And he promises to lead. Do you need direction? Well, how about just stop leading yourself? Just stop it. We don't know what we're doing. Let him, let him lead you. He'll get you where you need to go and where you could never get on your own. And his last statement is the most beautiful statement. He said, I will wipe away every single tear from your eyes. It's a promise that he made. And maybe you're suffering because of what happened to you last year or this year. Maybe you're grieving. Let him rescue because he promises in the passage. He's the only one. He's the only one. He's the only one that can make all things right. I want to close with this. Are you grateful for your salvation? Hold your hand up and say amen. Is that the greatest thing that ever happened to you? This coming Tuesday, 48 hours from now, is a special day for me. Because on May 10th, this 85-year-old woman led me to Christ. Changed my entire life. Changed me from the inside. Changed my entire family. And I've seen a lot of people changed. All because this woman cared enough to share the gospel with me. And on Tuesday, that'll be 50 years ago. So I've kind of boxed out my schedule just so I could spend the day with the Lord saying, I want you to know I'm grateful. If I don't, if I don't have another day, if I don't help anybody else, if I don't learn anything else, if I don't bring you any more glory, I want to say these 50 years have been the greatest ride because of what you've done. It's reading these passages that give you the perspective that'll help you keep going. So let's let's close this time in prayer. Every head bowed, every eye closed. We're going to open the altars in just a minute. But maybe you've never received Christ as your Savior. Maybe you've been a backslider. Maybe you've been so up and down. You've been a yo-yo. And some of you guys watching online, you know you need Jesus. Today's your day. Right where you sit with your heads bowed and your eyes closed, pray with me and say, 
Lord Jesus, that's right, just pray quietly with me and say, Lord Jesus, I need you. Come into my heart and be my Savior and Lord today. I give it all to you. Give me a home in heaven. Make me your child. Because I will serve you for the rest of my life as you give me strength. Thank you for forgiving me and ordering my beautiful white robe. With every head bowed, every eye closed, if you prayed that prayer, hold your hand up right now. Hold your hand up. Wonderful. Anybody else? Wonderful. Anybody else? Anybody else? Worship team, come and lead us in our final song. The altar is open. If you want to come and thank the Lord for his goodness to you, if you want to get prayer, there's people on both sides that will pray with you. But let's enjoy him during this last song. So this is a special time for our worship team. Um, We are going to be sharing an original song this morning that is written completely out of scripture from Revelation. Um, So you won't know it, um, but as you catch on to it, feel free to join us. Feel free to stand, feel free to sit, feel free to come kneel. You just be free to worship.
our hearts are full mobilize us as your army we serve you out of gratitude in Jesus name if you need prayer there's people here that will pray with you you're welcome to linger slip out quietly pick up your children serve him well Thank you for joining us online at Church of the Savior today. We hope you were encouraged to pursue God and grow in your walk with Jesus. 
If you made a decision to follow Jesus for the first time today, please reach out to us. We would love to help you take your next step. Please visit our website for more information on upcoming events and how you can connect with the COS family. There is also a prayer request form where you can let us know how we can pray for you. Thanks again for tuning in. Hope to see you next week.